Okay, let's do this fucking shit. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Sitting Ringside. This is episode number 45. This is our one-year anniversary show. I'm your host, Robert Villa, and as always with me, my co-host, David Rodriguez, and our quarantine co-host, David Potter. Making all this happen, we have Rudy Lara. Um, Yo, yo. Our other uh, co-host, Arlo, is not going to be joining us tonight, uh, but he will be with us next week. Uh, we are going to be talking about some Mike Tyson and some boxing next week, so stay tuned for that because it's going to be really, really a fun, fun night. But tonight, guys, we do have a uh, badass show. We have UFC 249 that we need to talk about. We have UFC fight night that happened last night. And we have UFC on ESPN 8 that's going to happen this weekend. A lot of UFC, lots of fights. They're back on. The UFC is making it happen for us, so uh, kudos to them. Quick shout-out to Fight TV for keeping us on their platform. Uh, thank you so much for that. All our fans that are watching, listening, thank you so much. And all the Fightbook MMA crew for uh, always keeping the website busy. All right, guys. How was your guys' day today before we get started? Mine was amazing. I went fishing on my boat. I haven't gone in, in a while. Nice. What'd you catch, man? I caught uh, a 22-inch red and um, another red and a trout. I won't tell you how big those were because obviously <laughs> I can keep them. <laughs> <laughs> Were they a catch and release or, or did you keep them? Uh, I, I caught the 22 inch red and I cut it up. So I'll be having fish probably on tomorrow night or um, fight night. Hey, I was going to say, wait for, for uh, Saturday night, man. You can have yeah. that fish that you caught mm. doing the who you got. Mm. Hell yeah. Yeah. I what about you, D-Rod? Uh, yeah, I don't got a boat, but I live by a lake. I should have been fishing, so. Kind of jealous of Rudy, but hey, I'm going to make it happen tomorrow. There you go, man. Yeah. And you, Potter, how's your day, brother? Oh, it's fucking awesome. I mean, I'm recruiting, head of recruitment for my company. So giving all the great people jobs again, rebuilding this economy. But also, also, I got my blood drawn to see if I have any of those sweet, sweet, sexy, awesome, sassy antibodies so I can help shut down this coronavirus, baby. So if I have these antibodies, okay, I want everybody, I want the governors to all get together and say, okay, no vaccine needed, no vaccine needed, nothing. We can open up the economy again. Let's, uh, let's, let's uh, give everybody my, my tiger blood. So I'm very excited. 
<laughs> tiger blood. Right on, man. Well, thanks for doing that. I mean, you know, I'm in the health uh, field, so, you know, I love uh, hearing stuff like that, you know, especially my friends that, that uh, go out and, and get that stuff done, man. So thanks a lot, because that that's, that, that's going to save lives, man. So, I'm excited. Yeah, Hopefully man. I have those antibodies. Hopefully I have those right. antibodies. I hope so. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Hold on one second. Getting some technical here. Okay. Um, well, my day was pretty good. I mean, shit, I work and just work. <laughs> Staying essential. Staying essential, working at the clinic and, uh, you know, trying to save some lives. Yes, Brian, I'm still around. <laughs> you saw that? <laughs> I, I, I... <laughs> What's up, so, Brian? Long time no here, man. So, Roberto, my question is: Are you still got? Are you guys still getting cases? Are you guys still getting people like walking and saying, "Oh, I have the Rona"? Like, help me out here. Like, what's going on with well, that? Well, um, at my clinic, no. Um, at my clinic, you know, because we're inside of Intel, um, we only uh, cater to the Intel employees and to their immediate family. Um, okay. We do get a a hell of a lot of phone calls um, to, uh, you know, diagnose and uh, make sure that they don't have the coronavirus. Um, but if they do, then we what we try to do is um, tell them to go somewhere to like another hospital or another testing facility so that way they can get tested out there. Um, so that way, if they do have it, they're not coming into the plant and contaminating right. Intel. So um, phone calls don't stop, man. I mean, that, that, phone is always busy um so yeah it's uh it's nuts but we do get emails every day you know twice to three times a day telling us an updates of what uh, if the hospital has any more cases new cases or deaths or whatever so um luckily do right now you know every, everything is running smooth do you do you ever get somebody that called up like they're all panicky they're like oh my oh. god roberto i think i have coronavirus and then they come all in the time you you take their blood. No, no, no. You, no the plot twist. Like you take the blood. They're all panicky, and they're like, "No, no, you actually have chlamydia." Like you got like a comic, <laughs> like something like that. Um, no, but you know, with the patients that I do uh, do get along like that, um, when I draw their blood, you know, I'll, I'll uh, freak them out. And I'll start moving my hand like I'm nervous because I don't want to touch them. <laughs> right, 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 right. So they get freaked out. But, you know, other than that, I mean, no, I don't, I don't mess with them about stuff like that. <laughs> Good news. It's not coronavirus. It's just herpes. <laughs> That'll be <Yeah>. great. <laughs> Better get that fixed or your penis is going to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, guys, UFC 249. What a fucking card. I mean, we had some Bad. bangers on that. I mean, the whole entire card was freaking badass. From Sam Alvey's fight all the way to, you know, the main event. Um, what uh, prelim fight did you uh, enjoy the most, uh, David uh, Rodriguez? Yeah, well... Uh, crazy. I mean, like you said, top to bottom, it was stacked. It it, it delivered on so many levels. Um, we almost seen back-to-back -back twister submissions from Bryce Mitchell, which, you know what I mean? A lot of us, you know, we had our bold predictions on this card, and 
a lot of us were pretty dead accurate, you know, a lot of mixed, uh, you know, predictions. And that's why we do the show. Uh, Bryce Mitchell definitely went in there and almost had Charles Rosa out early in the first round. He, I mean, he punished him the entire fight, but man, is that guy nasty? Um, he's coming strong at 45, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, Sam Alvey, I mean, Sam came on strong the first fight of the night, kind of set the tone, you know what I mean? As that being the first fight getting, uh, you know, the UFC getting MMA back, uh, you know, on TV, you know what I mean? Like Arlo said last week, I'm not going to believe it's happening until they close the cage doors and there's a violent combat. So Sam Alvey giving props to the crowd. I love that, uh, that walkout. That was that awesome, man. That yeah, was pretty I mean, badass did. when he did that. <laughs> And he gave Ryan Spann, I mean, a, a tough fight. You know what I mean? Like, we, we talked about Sam Alvey's never been an easy guy to get out of there. And, I mean, shit, man. Like, he's moved up a weight class. Uh, Spann, is, it's a pretty – you know, I mean, he's been he's been on a run, you know. But uh, uh, we talked about it. A lot of these fires, we'll, we'll, we would see it play out if they've uh, – you know what I mean? If they're on their game, um, if everything was, you know, on point in training camp, weight cut, everything included. But we've seen some exciting fights, man. And then it led into, like, the Vicente Luque, Nico Price war that was. So – uh, you know what I mean? That, that what your guys? The pit, that fight was, I mean, you know, Lu, Luke and Price had a battle the first time, but uh, three matches. I mean, Nico Price, man, he's he's been on a on a run, taking those shots that he did on both ends. Uh, Vicente Luque got him out of there late, but yeah, that that fight was definitely banger to get the card uh, set off. Definitely. And you, David Potter. We're not talking about the big story. And the big story is Thug Nasty is finally going to get his fucking camo shorts. That's the big story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> finally. Five straight, <laughs> five straight wins. Five times he's complaining about getting those goddamn camo shorts. And finally, the man's going to get it. And I think he's in the title hunt. I think he's in the title picture. Give him someone that's top five. Like, he... Dude, he was so close to nailing that submission victory. I thought, I thought he was going to get the sub. I really did. But such an impressive performance. Just put on a fucking clinic for three rounds. I, I th to be honest, after the Bryce fight, I stopped watching the prelims. I just wait for the main card because Bryce just took my breath away. Yo, he just he just put on the the performance of a lifetime. Next time, let's give him the top five. He could be a star. He could be a rock star. You know, I, I think the machine needs to get behind him. I was so impressed by him. Yeah, man, that that fight was you know was pretty badass. I mean. Um, like you said, you know, Bryce Mitchell was just on fire. Um, Charles Rosa too, man. I mean, um, he held his own and, uh, it was just a really good fight. I mean, like I said, man, from, from the Sam Alvey fight all the way to the main card, this card was just jam packed, man. Um, you know, during the prelims, the, uh, Vicente Luke fight, um, the Fabrice Ferdoom, <sighs> You can tell he was coming back off a layoff, but you know we'll we'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, Anthony Pettis, I mean, just a awesome fight. I mean, Don Cerrone, you know, he did what he did, and uh, it just didn't go his way. Um, but yeah, man, yeah, I mean, it was uh, Bryce Mitchell. Though, y'all, what what's the next likely opponent for that cat? Like you said, David, he's a star. I think he potentially he could challenge for the title. Um, he, he's probably going to be undefeated when he does. So it's going to be one of those matchups where, you know, the, the 45 division we've seen, you know, I mean, it's probably the most stacked division in the UFC, in my opinion, at 145 now, next being the lightweight division. But likely opponents for Bryce Mitchell, I mean, there, there's some names out there, man, and they're all killers. So I don't know who they match him up with, Nick. What do you guys think? 
let's let's give him a gatekeeper. Let's give him like an Aldo. Let's give him like somebody that's let's give him like Ooh. a Jeremy Stevens. Like Jeremy G- Stevens drops down, or like let's just give him a big name who's a gatekeeper who's on their way out. Like someone have passed the torch because Jose Aldo. Yeah. Aldo, I like that fight at forty five. Of course, I mean, Aldo is or versus Ryan Hall, yeah, man. dude. That'd be a test. Yo, that'd be fucking crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that would be that's a fight they need to fucking make. Oh yeah. Yeah, the feather, yeah, man. featherweight division. I mean, yeah, oh, I like the Aldo matchup. I mean, Aldo is fucking around and about to get a title shot against Cejudo at one thirty five. But I'd love to see an Aldo at forty five where he was one of the best at forty five against an up and coming killer, Bryce Mitchell, undefeated. Would love that to see that matchup. Absolutely. I w- I actually have a question for Roberto. Roberto, how butthurt are you? That fucking Henry Ciudo, baby, ran through him like butter. Oh, yeah, baby. How do you feel about that one? How do you like them apples? <laughs> How do you feel, Roberto? How's that butt feel? David, you, you kind of smell like uh, alcohol and cigarettes right now. <laughs> oh, let's make excuses. Yo, yo, that stoppage, that stoppage in all seriousness, fucking robbery. Fucking robbery. What do you think about that stoppage? So yeah, since we're gonna jump on to this uh, to this fight, um, it was a good fight. Henry did have Dominic Cruz's number, but I think it was a horrible stoppage just for the fact that you can tell that Dominic was trying to get up. And as soon as yeah. he stopped, as soon as the ref stopped the fight, you can just look at Hen- uh, at Dominic like, "Yo, what the fuck." I'm not out. I'm I'm talking to you. I'm I'm being I'm not even, you know, staggering. I'm walking fine. What's going on? Yeah. The the yeah. the refs got to realize that uh, Dominic Cruz is an elite fighter and he can recover quick. He's not an up and coming fighter. He's he's not, you know, somebody that's like a 2 and 1. Not only in that, the UFC. you would think they'd be a little more uh, aware of the time. And he would realize, oh shit, there's only a couple of seconds. Let me let him get punched a couple more seconds. And get yeah, the next see, exactly. Round. Perfect point, Rudy. Like you said, it's the timing of the round. Um, honestly, we've never seen Dominic Cruz hurt like that. I mean, when he fought Cody Garbrandt, Cody, you know, dropped him a couple of times, but he popped back up. Um, but I think, like, if you go back and watch the fight, I've rewatched it a couple of times, the ending sequence, of course. A lot of those shots weren't clean shots that Henry landed. I mean, given they were like he, uh, Dominic wasn't, you know, kind of he was protecting himself, but at some point he was getting back to his feet. Um, the knee itself, though, the sequence that was that finished him, right on point. I mean, Cejudo timed it perfect, you know, backing uh, Dominic up, and that was the point in the fight where, you know, I mean, Dominic kind of the movement was there, but uh, Henry Cejudo just seemed a little bit quicker. Um, you know what I mean? I, I did see there would probably be some scrambling, uh, the, uh, the grappling department, but we didn't see as much. You know what I mean? Dominic Cruz is trying to evade, trying to land some shots. But uh, I, I disagree with the stoppage. I mean, yeah, man, I, a lot of those shots weren't clean at all. Dominic definitely wasn't out of that fight. No, they weren't, cl- they weren't clean. Maybe he got hit, a, you know, maybe three or four shots. But I think even a couple were even in the back of the head. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can see, you can clearly see Dominic trying to get up. He was holding onto his leg trying to climb, trying to, you know, get out of there, scramble, and the ref stops the fight. I, I know he was be out. jumping ahead of, a, uh, of us a little early, but where the fuck was Herzog then? Where was Herzog for that fight? 
Where were you, Jason? <laughs> we needed you then. Not yesterday. Not last night for the main event. We needed you for the main event. Well, that wasn't even the main event. For the no, that event, was the Comey. Come in. Come in. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry for Rob. Him or Mazagari. <laughs> I'm sorry for jumping out of turn with that fight, but I after that went down, I'm like, I can't wait to hear Roberto's opinion on this fucking fight in the stoppage. Like, I could not wait to actually like talk about it. But, <laughs> but like watching the fight back, like Henry Ciuto, uh, you know, he stopped every single takedown. It was he, he was oh, Dominic Cruz was zero for three. And once you neutralize the takedown from Dominic Cruz, like I told you, you know, everything's a smokescreen and set up a takedown. Once, once Dominic Cruz could not secure a takedown, he had nothing to fall back on. The takedown was not a threat. Henry was not threatened by the takedown. So, you know, he teed him up with those leg kicks. You know, it, Henry, it, Henry was so comfortable in there. Yeah, but horrible fucking stoppage. And probably the guy was drunk smoking cigarettes because you know it's it's we're in the time of pandemic okay if i'm a referee i'm gonna be smoking doing crack drinking you know i understand you know the referee's fucked up completely understand brother i'm with you i got yeah. you i understand yeah when, when, kind of, uh, when i saw when i saw him stop the fight dude i jumped up and i was like what the hell are you doing my wife just looks at me she's like are you okay <laughs> So, so for also too, it led to a, it led to the most unlikely thing. I mean, I think Dana White said in the post conference that uh, Henry had been telling him, you know, possibly I'm going to retire. I'm going to call it, but um, nobody knew Henry Cejudo was going to call it after finishing a legend like Dominic Cruz. That's another twist to the whole night, you know. I think the biggest twist but, to that is uh, seeing how uh, how big of a uh, of a narcissist the dude is. You know what I'm saying? And he did it, it. He fucking retired to an empty stadium. Like that's the last yep. thing I would have ever thought he would do. The the biggest problem with Henry retiring is nobody gives a shit. So yeah. you know, and I love I love I love Henry more than anybody. He's an Olympic gold medalist. I love him. But if John Jones retired, it's like, oh my God, the GOAT just retired. Michael Jordan retires. Oh my god, Michael Jordan retires. Henry retires. Okay, great. Like nobody they're like, okay, that's that's great. You know, like nobody think, gives a shit. Like, you think he was it, doing it just to be cringy? I think he was doing it just as like as uh, maybe a money leverage, maybe just to leverage money. Probably that. Yeah, I would say more so. than likely. Yeah. yeah. So well, that's the biggest problem with the retirement speech. Like, if if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there, like who you know doesn't make a noise. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody gives a fuck. If he retires, if he stays, if he goes, because there's no money invested with him. The machine, the machine did not get behind Henry. Therefore, he could not make the money he wants. Therefore, he says, I'm going to retire. And nobody gives a fuck. Like Twitter barely made a buzz about it. Nobody gives a shit. So that's the biggest problem with his retirement. There's no leverage. Everyone's like, okay, we'll just replace you. There's no leverage behind him retiring. He's not going to get what he wants. He's not going to get money. So, yeah. Yeah, he's not. He's not True. a Conor McGregor. He's not an A. Diaz. He's not. He's not a John Jones. He's none of those type of guys that is going to want to get paid millions. Um, you know, he's just a whatever. Yeah, you were a champ, but you know, on to the next. Yeah, given, exactly. He did beat some goats. I mean, he beat some tough cats. I mean, he beat a T.J. Dillashaw who was on a run. He beat a Mighty Mouse, where you know, controversial split decision is what it is, but. Beating Dominic Cruz, you know what I mean? I, there's there's some matchups for him, you know what I mean? The guy was calling out uh, Volkanovski at 145. It's like, come on, that guy would definitely 
tear tear fucking you know what I mean Henry Cejudo up. So he's willing to continue. You know, there's matchups there for him. But like you said, Potter, he's retiring in a stadium with nobody there, and not many people really gave a shit. I, I agree with that. Yeah, because I, I thought about it at the moment. I said, what is this? Is this guy really trolling everybody? But then again, it's Henry Cejudo. It's triple cringe. He could be back in two months. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And if he wanted to do this for more money, it's going to fail because if I go on, if I go to somebody on the street and I say, Hey, name Henry Ciudo, name that person or name like TJ Dillashaw or anybody he beat, no one's going to know who those names are. It's the hardcore diehard MMA fans. Some, some of the people don't even know who Henry beat, you know, nobody gives a shit if Henry, and it sucks because I love Henry, but no one gives a fuck. If this is a leverage for money, it's not going to work. Because he, he's no. easily replaceable with a more likable name like Dominic Cruz, who's a more mm. well-known name, who's in front of the camera all the time. Like, Dominic Cruz is always in front of the camera. So people will give more of a shit if Dominic Cruz retires as opposed to Henry. Nobody got yeah. behind Henry. The machine never got behind him. It's not Henry's fault. You know, he won a gold medal. It's the machine's fault that nobody gives a shit about him. So. Yeah, and then also, Rob, you mentioned earlier the Pettis and Cowboy fight. Of, I mean, we talked about it last week. Arlo said, you know, because of judging, you know what I mean? Things have come into play where these empty stadiums and even like John Anik, DC, and then Cage side, like there's been guys, I mean, it's different. Greg Hardy even said the commentary, you know, kind of helped him in a fight. You know what I mean? So actually the judging in the Donald Cerrone-Pettis fight, a little bit, I don't know, the fight was really close. I, I had Donald winning it, but I think he could have threw a lot more kicks in there and uh, he caught Pettis with some pretty big ones and Pettis walked through him credit to that. But Pettis kind of knew in the end of that fight that uh, he didn't get the best of Donald. And, you know, there's a, you know, they're, they're good friends or whatever, but definitely thought my man Donald got the win there, you know, in a split. I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you there, man. I think Donald would have, yeah. I, I gave that fight to Donald by a split decision, a really slim, slim split decision win to Donald. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. The judges are there. They're, you know, they are the judges. But, you know, Anthony Perez did, uh, did well, you know, catching all those shots that, uh, you know, um, Donald was uh, giving. And, uh, but, yeah, man, I, I, for me, you know what, man? Like, seeing this, this card with no crowd, um, I kind of like it. You know, because I'm I'm more focused on what the what the the fights, hearing them, um, how they're talking to their corner. But you know, me and you, we see we hear that all the time when we're covering events. You know, we do Honestly, hear the. I, I didn't even notice it, bro. It wasn't even a factor. I guess because I was so excited for the fights. It was like the first weekend in a long time that was normal. But um, honestly, I, I the crowd wasn't even a fucking factor, bro. Not for me, yeah, and maybe for the fighters, but uh, I don't know, man. They they did an amazing job with the event, with that event, and the one last night. Like the production work was off the chain. The commentators, they're fucking, they're awesome. I don't mm-hmm. know, man, the crowd. I, I really don't miss it. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Man. Uh, oh. That's what I'm saying. I, I really did not miss the crowd at all. I really just for the fact that you're not hearing the the woo or you know the booze or whatever you know all that shit and the punches <laughs> and the kicks they were oh, loud dude. especially last night yeah oh yeah yeah we'll get yeah, to that like later. you said um 
Yeah, like Rob, like you said, that uh, for the, the people that are always watching UFC events on Fight Pass or however they're watching it, it's similar to if you're covering an event. You know what I mean? You hear the whistling of the gloves. You hear the air getting knocked out of fighters. You hear the punches more. So I enjoy the shit out of that. So for it's a totally different experience for people that are, you know, that have never covered an event because it's very similar. I mean, turn on your surround sound, whatever system you got, it's actually like you're sitting cage side here in this shit now. So I enjoy it. I enjoyed the last two cards very much. Yep. yep. I, I just it, it brought me back memories of us sitting cage side covering an event, bro. Because I tune out the crowd and I and I'm listening to what the corners are telling the fighters and I'm hearing the action that's going inside going inside the cage. I'm hearing the refs and I just I enjoy the fights more that way than the distractions of all the crowd. It, it remind me, and I think the reason why we like it so much is because we're fans from the olden days where nobody gave a shit about MMA. So you go to like a smoker fight or one of the mm -hmm. MMA shows and only 20, 25 people are there. So we don't fucking mind it because we're used to it. I'm, I, 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 I was used to fighting in smoker fights where like 20, 30, 40 people were there, you know, so like it didn't really matter if the crowd was there. And plus, too, like we grew up with the Ultimate Fighter in 2005, mm. 2006, watching mm -hmm. on television and watching the high level production value made up for the fact that there was no crowd. So we we were on the cusp of MMA getting out of the dark days and the Ultimate Fighter. So we enjoyed smoker fights where nobody was watching MMA and we could just enjoy it without the crowd present. And also the Ultimate Fighter, we watched it on television and there was no crowd anyway and made up for it with high production and all that fun stuff. It, it was just awesome. It was an awesome feel to it. It reminded me of all the good old days. You know, who gives yep. a shit about a crowd? You know, who gives a shit? Yep. Dana White, because he's not getting that money in his pocket. <laughs> well, fuck Dana White, you know? <laughs> See, and also, hearing the uh, the corner men, too, you know what I mean? That's another experience where if you actually covered an event, hearing the corners go at each other, uh, you know what I mean? Just throughout the fight, say it's a war, you know what I mean? That, that shit plays in, you know what I mean? And like I said, leading into the next fight, Greg Hardy credits you know what i mean anik and dc mentioning certain things about what's happening playing out in the fight to to a victory i mean greg hardy gets the w just like i said last week the train continues greg hardy gets the w at heavyweight and you know what i mean it's weird it's a different time and, and yeah he's, he's the one that came out and actually said that i didn't hear any other fighter say anything about that yeah well you know speaking of this uh, greg hardy fight um you know, I thought for sure Jorgen was going to try to chop off more of uh, Hardy's legs. But if Hardy, at that split His leg second, ended up getting broken. Yeah. Yeah. Or foot, yeah, if, foot if, injury if, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If Greg didn't move the at the time that he moved and, and checked that, that uh, kick and Jorgen, you know, he missed, obviously, and his, his toes hit uh, Greg Hardy's shin. Um, that's where it all went downhill for Jorgen, man, because Hardy knew that he was hurt, and that's when he capitalized on that fight and just, uh, you know, finished him off and won, the, won by decision. Some, yeah, somewhat cruised to victory, but he knew he was compromised. I think uh, Greg Hardy could have probably went in there and maybe took him out, you know what I mean, because DeCastro was hurt. Um, he, you know, when those kicks land like that, when you kick through both legs and it's just your toes that hit, I've heard and I've talked to many fighters, I've seen it play out. Those are the worst ones, and you're mm -hmm. you're compromised in a fight. You know what I mean? Your movement, everything you throw. I mean, it was his lead leg too, of course, and that was like his bread and butter. What he was landing on Greg Hardy, and obviously a strategy to you know to chop him down. But Hardy's a beast, man. I mean, he took it. I mean, it's a lesson learned for him. 
Um, he's going to get better and better in his fights. I mean, people hate this guy, but I mean, he's going to continue to get a uh, big fights. I mean, he already fought a, a Volkov, a very high profile name. So um, after last night's event with uh, Ben Rothwell or so, like, I think like Hardy draws like Ben Rothwell or like, you know, a big name next. They got to line him up with something, something nice. And he's been on a main card each and every time he's been out there to fight. So Greg Hardy, the train continues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You no. And, and fly him out to uh, Fight Island so he can live out there and fight every other week. Yeah, Greg Hardy. So Greg Hardy comes from the Dallas Cowboys. So obviously he doesn't know how to block a kick. So, you know, that goes without saying. So I, I was just impressed with his grit. You know, like his, his grit was very impressive. You know, he, he wowed me in this fight. For him to, to grind it out and grind out a win, you know, he, he saw some uh, adversity. He saw it right through. And Cowboys usually break under pressure. And he was able to ride it out and get a win. So kudos to Greg Hardy. But fuck Greg Hardy. But kudos to him, you know? <laughs> and then also oh, leading into the next fight, I mean, this fight was one of the more uh, fights I enjoyed the entire night. Let alone, I mean, the main event was what it was. It was definitely a fucking war. But, man, Calvin Cater and Jeremy Stevens, these boys threw down. And I know your opinion Jesus. of uh, Jeremy Stevens, David, but Jeremy <laughs> Stevens is there. He, he's the gatekeeper. I mean, he's going to remain the gatekeeper. I mean, he's tough as nails. He's hard to put away. But, man, Calvin Cater, as good as he looked, I mean, he's already fought, you know, uh, Magomed Shapirov. He's a top-notch dude. Took, a, took that guy to war, nearly took him out. It was like a five-round fight. He may have had him out of there. But uh, Calvin Cater – Definite. I mean, that finish was nasty, man. Like, I mean, Jeremy Stevens doesn't really get finished like that. Mm -mm. Calvin comes out there and just dices him up and, and, and closes the deal. Yeah. I, I, you know, Jeremy Stevens' manager is a tool, but not Jeremy Stevens. Well, maybe he is. <laughs> but, like, you know, seeing him get knocked out like that and, like, you know, finished and, you know, it, it's, I, you know, maybe it's time to retire. Maybe it's time to call it a day and, you know, I don't think he'll get cut because he still puts on good fights. He put on a war. You know, it, it was a war. So, you know. He's not going to retire. He's not going to retire, bro. He's going to be staying where he's at right now. He's going to be the gatekeeper. He's going to be, you know, that just like Cowboy. He's another – I don't want to say it, but he's another gatekeeper as well. Um, Jeremy is not going to retire anytime soon, I don't think. He's going to go want to go back in there and try to, you know, make another run for the belt. Um, like all these other fighters want to do, but yeah, uh, Cater just just demolished him, man. He just he was just on another level that night. Like easily was just on another right level. Yep, he ran I right through. Uh, yeah, the fight for him next. I mean, I don't know what's the status of Brian Ortega at this time, but I think that fight is definitely a fight in the future for Cater. Um, unless they do want to run it back with the uh, Shapiro five rounder or something like that. I think Tyler King mentioned it on um, Tommy D and the pride rules MMA earlier in the week, kind of like that matchup, but at 45, I mean, Jeremy Stevens was still ranked number six. You know what I mean? You got the Cubs Swansons, the Frankie Edgars, Max Holloway, of course, is probably going to get the rematch with uh, Volkanovsky. So Brian Ortega, the Korean zombie are out there. So I see uh, Calvin Cater against either of the cats. And I, I would love it if it is Brian Ortega because that's a definite fight for the fans right there. Definite true contenders for the belt for sure, whoever comes out of that fight. Yeah. Well, I'm looking here in the rankings and Cater's uh, at number seven and Edgar's at number six. 
So that would actually be a good fight right there against uh, Edgar. And I mean, it's not like Frankie Edgar is going to turn down a fight with the best. He's fought the best his entire career. Exactly, man. You know, Edgar's game to fight whoever the the hell they want to put in front of him. Edgar has the biggest balls of all the UFC, so he'll take any fight. He will literally fight God if he could. So Edgar (laughs) will take that fight. Edgar will take that fucking fight. Edgar's just another Donald Cerrone. He's like, yeah, when? Where? Edgar's a big... Edgar is a big dick bandit from New Jersey, baby. Like we, we, we're fighters, man. We're fighters. We'll fight anybody. So like, yeah. Up to Edgar. Edgar will take that fight, guaranteed, and probably win too. You'll surprise people. You never know. That's what makes him interesting. He he can. He's never sure of surprises. You know, I I, I think Edgar that would be a good fight for him. Yep. Yeah. Now, what about the 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 females? Carlos Barza versus Michelle. I thought for sure Michelle won that fight. She got robbed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm. hey, um, I don't know, man. We, yeah, Michelle, the judging, like we were talking about, the judging was going to factor in if it was these tight, close fights, you know what I mean? And Michelle does pretty much, you know, have her, find herself in these fights continuously, you know what I mean? But um, Carlos Sparza, she looked a little bit more tighter on the feet. Uh, Coach Oyama's been out there, been a busy man. He's got like four fighters that have been – you know, fighting. He's going to have another guy on Saturday out there. Uh, he had Carlos Sparza looking good out there. She looked in great shape. Uh, Michelle's always in great shape. It was a very tight fight. Could have gone either way. Uh, I picked Michelle, but uh, credit to Sparza. That's a big win for her. Yep. Yeah. So just like Rudy said, you know, it was it was a snooze fest for him. Probably for a, not just for him, but for everybody everybody watching that that fight. <laughs> Timo Yama always. Had- Timo, Timo Yama always had something for your mama. And you know what? I, I love Carla. As far, I, I love the Cookie Monster. I love the fact that she was able to get a W, get a win. You know, it was a long time coming. You know, she's, yeah, still, she's still a contender. She's still in there. Yep. So yeah. I, I love yeah. the fact that she won. And shout out to Colin Oyama. He's awesome. He's a good guy. Yeah, fuck yeah. Former champion Asparza too, you know what I mean? Because Michelle's fought the best and she's never got to that level where she's she's had the belt. But this is a fight where it could have been her, you know what I mean? It's all that division's super tight. So yeah, you know who holds the crown at the top, you know what I mean? So that's a tough mountain to climb. And Asparza could find herself in a title contention later uh, in this year. That yeah. that's like one fight with two likable females and two people you don't want to lose. Like Michelle, I, I the karate hottie, I never want her to lose a fight. I never want Carla to lose a fight. That was like one fight I wasn't looking forward to because I want them both to win. So that was I was really conflicted by that fight. Yeah. And then moving to the the heavyweight division. I mean, if you guys turn your back for ten seconds, this fight, dude, was we over. almost fucking witnessed a murder. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot that came about from this finish from Francis Ngannou because we talked about it the previous two weeks uh, leading into this fight because it's been something where I mean it's been brewing up for a month or two before the lockdown. Rosenstroke has been on a on a tear. He called out Francis Ngannou. There's not many Who people does that, that? Want that. Yeah, I mean people that and as good as he's life. been. <laughs> and as good as he's been, I mean, we've the heavyweight division. I mean, you get two wins, you're right there for a title shot. You know what I mean? We know Stipe is the king of the heavyweight division now. Potential trilogy fights on the table, but with Ngannou taking Rosenstruck out, it's kind of sparked the interest of a certain light heavyweight goat named John Jones, and yep. that's a potential matchup that we may see sooner than expected. Listen, 
Francis Zingadu broke the record because he has ended the career of more undefeated heavyweights than Robin Givens. So Francis yeah. is a very, very scary man. I would not take that fight. I'd rather tie my butt cheeks together and eat tacos than ever fight Francis Ngannou. So anyone that calls him out is fucking crazy. I would not take that fight. I would not challenge him. I wouldn't even breathe in his same direction. That man looks fucking dangerous right now. He looks scary. Hmm. Wouldn't do it. I wouldn't fight him. Yeah, I mean, like when as soon as the fucking bell rang, both both got into the center of the cage and just started throwing shots to see who lands first. I mean, damn. But when Ngannou he, just hit that, oh my god, dude! I was like, what? He's the such a fuck? sloppy puncher, dude. He's he's like all all those all those punches. He was just winging them, bro. He's winging them and seeing which one lands. And yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could see Rosenstruck looking, and he's just like, holy shit! I'm he missed me. He missed me, and then boom, one nailed him, and he went out. He went out, bro, and then yeah. he got nailed a couple of times. But his Ngannou's such a sloppy puncher. Imagine if he could. He he just got a little bit of boxing skill or a little bit oh, of ground skill. Dude. Like that guy would be an un, unstoppable force. But since he doesn't, you could see why John Jones, uh, Daniel Cormier want to take this guy on. He's yeah. easy pickings, bro, for somebody who knows how to wrestle. Yeah, I credit, I mean, uh, Mike Tyson, I credit to Ngannou's win. He's been getting hints and tips from the Iron Mike himself. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I would not but take like that you fight. said, though, yeah, not. I mean, yeah, that's where we're at now because John Jones. I mean, I think uh, Ngannou replied to Jones's call out. He's like, "Yeah, I, I agree. There's nothing for you to prove at light heavyweight, uh, but coming into heavyweight, yeah, I, I, like Rudy said, it's it's a fight where we've seen Stipe, uh, you know, take those shots, those big shots from Ngannou, take him down and punish him. You know what I mean for five rounds. Yeah, he didn't finish him. But Stipe is just a tough motherfucker. Like, he's not the baddest man in the world for no reason. And, you know, I mean, taking out DC, one of the greatest. So if that fight does play out and they do want to, I mean, not necessarily a money fight. Like, Jones is saying, like, it's supposed to be a money fight with him and Ngannou. No, that's a true test at heavyweight. And I think he was calling for, like, a catchweight fight or whatever. But if you're going in to fight Francis Ngannou, you're going to fight that man at heavyweight. You're going to have to make the weight, and it's going to be an interesting night for John Jones because I guarantee you Ngannou is going to come out there and try to take his head off. And I don't know if John Jones could actually take him down and hold him down. That'll, that'll be the, the test that is to finish Francis Ngannou. Well, Ngannou also sits a lot on his punches too. So there's a lot of pressure on his front leg, his lead leg, and his back leg. So all John Jones needs to do is front kick the shit out of his leg to take the win out of his sails, and you know he can easily set up the takedown. So Zangano is always going to be thinking, oh, the teeth kick is going to happen. The kick to my my shins or the kick to my thighs are, is going to happen or the takedown is going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be an easy fight for John Jones without question. You're absolutely right. I agree. And yeah, we've been and talking just about like, it too. We've been saying John Jones' next fight would be a heavyweight, right? Rob, yeah. we said it. I'm yeah, we've been saying that we, since, we, yeah, we've been saying this for months that his next fight is going to be uh, the heavyweight. And pretty much, I mean, I think the way it does play out with this whole Nganu call out, um, with where Dominic Reyes sits and Jan Blakowicz, I mean, they can make a whatever. If Jones has to vacate the belt, he always has that, you know, I took these everybody out at light heavyweight. I'm still the champ. And if he goes up and takes fucking Francis Nganu out in his first heavyweight bout, 
that's big. That's where he, John's in the money fight. Then, then there's the Stipe fight, not necessarily the DC fight, but um, I have a good feeling that DC and Stipe is going to get booked soon. Um, Stipe said that he's focused on work. He's always kind of been, you know, the firefighter before the heavyweight champion of the world and been a real mm-hmm. humble cat. But I think uh, they have to get that fight booked. You know what I'm saying? Because if not, if they do Ngannou and Jones, uh, Dana White said Fight Island, the infrastructure and everything in place, three weeks away. Uh, I'm sure Jones is probably, you know, hitting some pads and, and grinding right now and trying to think uh, I better just be ready for a heavyweight bout. Yeah, man. Like I was going to say that, uh, like Rudy said, you know, uh, Nganu's punches are very, very sloppy. Um, you know, he, he's just another, just another sloppy puncher. It has no boxing skills at all. On the other hand, you got John Jones. That's a... Killed striker, and you know he'll find that hole, and he'll be able to hurt Ngannou, like nobody has ever hurt him before. And yeah, but it, but, uh, but now, now if if he does take him down, you think he'll be able to keep Ngannou on the ground? I yeah, well, obviously you can keep him on the ground. I mean, Stipe was able to keep him on the ground, and once Stipe got that first takedown, it it neutralized because Francis and got like in the back of his head, in the back of Francis's head, he's like, oh shit. You know, I can't put all that pressure and sit on my punches and go try to take his head off or else the takedown's going to come. So, like, yeah, yeah, he could yes. definitely take him down and hold him there. And he'll but, but Francis, as sloppy as a puncher as he is, I think Francis also bum-rushed him because he was looking to take his head off. And that's why yeah. Francis, and to the surprise of all of us, because all of us predicted that, you know, it was going to be a dance fest. It was not a dance fest. Francis just went in there for the kill. So I don't think he was necessarily a sloppy puncher. I just think he just wanted to end the fight and end the fight early. So I think Francis has some punching skills. It wasn't showcased, but he definitely has punching skills. Now, if yeah. he lands one of those haymakers on John Jones, because John Jones was hit by Daniel Cormier. He was tagged a lot in his last fight. If Francis Zinganu lands one of those punches on John Jones' chin, John is going fucking down. He's going to sleep. If he lands so, that you know, punch on anybody, they're going down. Hell yeah, man. And you know why? That's what he banks on, bro. That's what he banks on. That's why he bum rushes people because he tries to overwhelm them with strength. And that's where he failed against Stipe. He tried to do that. Stipe reversed that on him, took him down, and then he gassed out. He fucking had no power. He couldn't couldn't do anything for the rest of the fight. And that's going to be... If he fights another wrestler, bro, that's always going to be in the back of his mind. If he fights somebody who wants to stand and bang with him, He's always going to go in there and bum rush him. He's a fucking bum. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> Stipe, Stipe did the UFC version of Rope-A-Dope with fucking Francis. Yep. And he roped that dope. He roped that dope, baby. Like, John Jones has a similar strategy. But Jim, John Jones is also the same height, around the same height as Francis. So he's going he's gonna to be a lot bigger of a target for Francis to hit than Stipe was. So, like, there's so many factors to it. I wouldn't count out Francis because Francis gives me fucking Vietnam flashbacks. I wouldn't count out Francis in any fight whatsoever. He's a scary fucking individual. He's a scary cat. So. Yeah, and I think, too, uh, uh, if our little jumper, our man, was here, we'd all agree. He stated it before. It's a fight that's going to get Jones up. You know what I mean? Because if Jones wants to go in there and beat everybody at their game, just like he's done many times before, He's going to want to stand with Francis. You know what I mean? I don't see Jones taking him down. I mean, if the opportunity is there and that's the game plan, I mean, Jackson Wink, 
you know, J- Jones is camp there. They're all about game planning. But it would be crazy to see John Jones want to stand there with Francis Ngannou. And uh, it's just a fight where it's probably going to bring out a, a different type of John Jones. It's at heavyweight. And like I said, Arlo, we talked about it before, Rob, you know, and it's a, it's a fight that gets John's up or John Jones up. And I think it actually fucking happens. I'll tell you guys right now. Yeah, man. But I think I, I do think uh, that that Jones is gonna his next fight is going to be in the heavyweight division. There's just no doubt. I, think, I mean, it, it it's going to happen because Ngannou is calling him out. So let's make it happen. You know, you see, yeah. make it happen. Yeah, but I also think uh, John Jones has slowed down considerably. I mean, he's fought through wars. I think I think at his young age, which he's my age, at his young age, he's fought a fight career of three fighters. He's fought the best of the best. And once you fight those wars, it does something to you. It slows you down. Chuck Liddell can attest to that. Tito Ortiz, uh, Rampage, all these guys, Vandalay Silva, all these guys that have fought war. Short Shogun. Shogun's a perfect example. You fight all these wars against the top-tier talent in the world for all these years, it does something to you. It slows you down. I think John Jones is on the decline, to be honest with you. He's slowing down considerably. Um... I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know if he's just uh, if that's just his his game plan for these fights to not go at a hundred percent. Oh, but mean, it I, is. Yeah. But how many? It, how many? But, but, but Roberto, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Don't mind my enthusiasm. But how many takedowns did he land in his last fight? You know. And that guy is no, by no stretch a wrestler of John Jones credentials. You know, like he couldn't take down that guy and had trouble taking down that guy. What is he going to do with somebody that's bigger, stronger, and hits like a Mack truck? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I think that uh, John Jones's problem lately has been that he doesn't, he doesn't have, he's not motivated, bro. He doesn't see anything in front of him that he really wants. It's just another, eh, just another walkthrough, walk in the park, big fucking deal. Until he makes that move sure. to a to a, a different uh, level of uh, of uh, competition, he's wiped out the division in the light heavyweight. Well, until he takes that step up, he's gonna he's gonna keep looking like that. I think. Well, I was just but, gonna say that too. Had... I mean, I, it. I did talk to. I'm not gonna mention who, but I did talk to someone there, at Jackson, and uh, he did tell me that he's just not motivated. His motivation has has really been, you know, not there. It's been like maybe at fifty percent, and just like Rudy said, he he knows that he's going to be able to beat the next opponent. So that's why he's just going in there. I'm just going to point strike and win the fight by decision because I landed more shots. Yeah, but See, also even, even in be- a rematch too. Uh, we talked about it. Jones in rematches is is deadly. You know what I mean? So the only fresh matchup for him is Jan Blakovic. How much is a Jan Blakovic opponent going to get John Jones up? You know what I mean? Like to Rudy's point, he's not motivated. You know, yeah. even though John Blakovic called out Jones in his own backyard, and I was right there to hear it, and, and I loved it. How much is that fight really going to get John Jones up? So I think the Ngannou fight may just get him a little bit motivated and get him, you know, get that move to heavyweight and um, try to become a, a two division champ, just like uh, mm-hmm. DC's done and. You know, Jones is the king of the light heavyweight division all time. He moves the, the heavyweight. There's a lot to be proved there and some huge fights for him. When when Anderson Silva started slowing down, because Anderson Silva, so great, 
the Michael Jordan of all of MMA, and to this day I say he's the GOAT. But when he started slowing down, people made the same excuse. Like, he's bored, he's unmotivated, like, blah, blah, blah. But I saw a fighter that was slowing down from all these wars he's been in. You know, I... I I think people are making a similar excuse for John Jones, considering how great he is. So if he has a bad performance, everyone's going to attest to it. Him being bored, him not being motivated. I, I I just think, and it's not a knock on him. He's the greatest of all time. I just think that with all the wars he's fought, with everything he's been through, I, I think he's slowing down. You know, like, and I think people are so great. People know that he's so great. So people are going to make that excuse like, oh, he's just bored. I don't make excuses he's gonna win for him, anyway. bro. I don't even like John Jones, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, but uh, but speak, speaking of wars, takedowns not landed or attempted, Justin Gaethje had the performance Jeez. of his fucking life nice. last Saturday and took oh Tony Ferguson. Oh, my God. To, to a fifth round and finished him in the fifth round. And I don't think anybody's seen that come in other than Arlo Jumper. Arlo called the stop. Arlo called him, man. It. He called yeah, it. It yeah. was going to be a stoppage. Oh, my God. It bro, doesn't that count because was... he's not here. So, hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fight, uh, man. Holy shit. Yeah. That's all I got to say, man, is that what a fucking fight. Yeah. That was the first Tony time. Yeah, Tony that Ferguson first... is the, the fucking Terminator. You know what I mean? That was like a Nate Diaz type performance where it's like, you know, the killer be killed mentality was there. But uh, yeah, a lot of things are into question. People are thinking the weight cut. Dana White said the weight cut, the preparation. You know what I mean? Tony was preparing for a Khabib for five years. You know what I mean? That was the fight that he wanted. Uh, Justin Gaethje had these additional couple weeks to be ready to go. Training with guys like Drew Dober, who had a hell of a performance last night training with guys like Kamara Usman. Um, he, he proved that uh, he's he's changed the game up. You know what I mean? Because the guy, like, it's unbelievable that he's not attempted a takedown or he, like he's just da- down to just throw and take you out on the feet. And if you could take what he dishes out, not many guys would have been standing taking the shots that Tony Ferguson did uh, two rounds into the fight, one round. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Tony's... Tony's vision was also impaired going into that fight because he wasn't wearing sunglasses for the first fucking time in like seven months. So like <laughs> Tony's vision was <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tony's a fucking Tony's a fucking warrior. Tony's a warrior. He took Justin's best Sunday punch. I can't even pronounce his oh. last name still to this day, but you could hear every single punch. It was like, ooh, ooh. I, that's why I have no crowd because you could hear every single punch and he was countering. Dude, Justin is a fucking animal. Tony has a chin of fucking steel. I have a newfound respect for Tony, and it was just a great fight. A masterful, masterful fight. Amazing. Fucking bravo to both of them. Hell yeah, man. Rob. Yeah, totally agree with you. I mean, obviously, I wanted Tony to win, but Jesus Christ, man. Justin just came in and said, fuck y'all. I want the belt. I'm going to be the champ, and I'm going to destroy you. That's like another fight where I was thinking, like, halfway through, I'm like, yo, they should stop this shit. He's taking a beating, bro. This guy, <laughs> like, he was literally eating. I, I think the stats were uh, Justin Gaethje threw 136 shots. 100 of those shots hit Tony in the fucking head, bro. 100. That's insane. Man, that's crazy. 
I hope. I, I, yeah, he got, he got the shit out of him. But I hope Tony chills for the rest of the year and doesn't fight until like mid next year because of all the, the damage that he took, man. Hey, and uh, I know your favorite guy, Stephen A. Smith, uh, he's stating <laughs> that Gaethje versus Ferguson, they avoided grappling. Because they were scared of getting the coronavirus. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my! <laughs> That's what he's saying, dude. They avoided grappling fucking... due to COVID nineteen fears. What a fucking moron! Yep. Yeah. And no, he called him one Garth. Guy needs... Did he tweet his name as Garth? <laughs> yeah, he called Gaethje Garth. <laughs> what the fuck? That fucking guy, man! God damn that guy again. That guy needs a fucking rotten Satan's asshole. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> Guy's such a piece of shit. He's Yo, Stephen A. Smith is an abortion. Yo, his <laughs> mother has swallowed him. He's the fucking worst. Why is he still talking about MMA? Did ESPN not get the fucking hint that we don't want him in our sport? What ESPN the fuck? has no choice. <laughs> they got no other sport other than South Korea softball. <laughs> Alright, listen. Yeah, he's like, put him back. He's yeah, no, he's had horrible takes on legends. You know what I mean? Cowboy was one. Yep. Now fucking Tony Ferguson. It's like, bro, the last time Tony Ferguson lost a fight, you know, you you don't know what MMA is. You don't know where Tony came from or what the sport is about. So calling out yeah. legends like that, like, get the fuck out of here. For real. Right? Yeah, and, <laughs> and dude, yeah. dude, listen, mother, listen, motherfucker. Stephen A. Smith, listen, go back to basketball where it takes only one ball to play basketball. MMA takes two balls. So get the fuck out of my sport or learn it. <laughs> like, go on the mat. Fucking hit pads and hit them right. Yes, and I'm not talking about that yes. shit that you post on Instagram. Let you don't know shit about Let MMA. Punch, uppercut. You don't know shit about MMA, <laughs> my friend. My brother. Video game. <laughs> go, back, go back to basketball where nobody gets hit or anybody. <laughs> nobody likes getting hit. Go back to a fucking second Batman. degree sport. Get the fuck out of my sport. Shit, man. Fuck. And take Garth angry, with man. you. Fucking A. <laughs> yeah, see, and Fucking I think, a. Uh, too, uh, what I want to mention about Justin Gaethje, too, is like, I mean, I followed this guy's career since, you know what I mean? The, I mean, the guy's. WSOF, man. Yeah, th those fights, I mean, if you know who Justin Gaethje is, you have to know him from that era, you know what I mean? Because he's just been uh, just a warrior from, I mean, Safford, Arizona. It's like four hours away from where I'm at right now small little town like justin has made his mark on the lightweight division like no other he hasn't had he, he took he did it the hard way you know what i mean yeah there's some fighters out there that get shoot into title fights or so that they don't deserve like justin i knew when he entered the ufc it was not going to be easy he was definitely going to have to fight the top tier guys he definitely did i mean fucking eddie alvarez i mean had he just pulled back a few times in that fight i, I eddie alvarez i mean as good as he is there's no way he's taking out a Tony Ferguson. Uh, Dustin Poirier, when he defeated Justin, mistakes were made there, but Dustin was on a run to compete for the belt, those being his two losses. You know what I mean? And Justin's going to go out on his shield. But against Tony, though, man, uh, that performance is a masterful performance. Um, it comes off a time where, I mean, he was just kind of training, ready to go possibly to fight a uh, – uh, what he called the Cowboy uh, McGregor fight. Like when I seen him in Albuquerque back in February, he said he was ready to go for that fight or yep. this fight, the the Khabib yep. fight. Or I mean the the Kukui fight. And I said, well, I, I would love to see you in there on a big stage. I think you deserve to to fight for that belt. And I know you're going to get there. And ironically, he goes in there and defeats my dude 
Tony Ferguson and fucking <laughs> takes him out in the most impressive fashion. I mean, who, who there's not going to be another guy in UFC history that's going to take Tony Ferguson out that way. I guarantee you. No fucking way. So, so the fights to make, it has to be Tony Ferguson versus Conor McGregor, and then it has to be Just versus Habib. That those are the two fights. Make oh, make Conor McGregor. Yeah, make Conor yeah. McGregor versus Tony Ferguson the co-main event. Make Habib versus Justin. Let it set it up. It, it could it could be a McGregor versus Habib showdown. You know, it could be uh, Conor McGregor versus uh, you know Conor McGregor versus uh, fucking Justin DC. showdown. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, it, there's so many different. Dana. Yeah, Dana said the, at the press conference from last night, uh, I forgot to ask the question. Uh, he's, uh, Dana White did say that the fight is going down in September. He spoke to Khabib, I think, yesterday about it because they talked about his father having, you know, the health problems that he has. And uh, Khabib said, I'm ready to go September. So Justin Gaethje is going to get the, you know what I mean? They got to unify the belts. I mean, Justin threw down the title that he got in the cage that night and said, I want the real deal. And, you know what I mean, him against Khabib, very interesting fight, but yeah, I do love the fucking Ferguson McGregor fight, but it might just be a little too soon for for Tony though. Like uh, Robert yeah, said it's going to be way too soon yeah. for Tony to come back, man. He he needs to recover, especially because of all the blows that he took from. Uh, I truly believe that Justin can beat Khabib. Mm-hmm. I agree. There, there's just and- it's just because Justin is a wrestler. He's he's a yeah. he's a wrestler turned striker. And we and don't see his wrestling that that uh, often, just for the fact that he loves to stand and bang. Never attempted right. one takedown in his entire UFC career. Amazing. Exactly. And if, but and if you go watch him at WSOF, dude, domination, pure domination. Right. And now is a. There's never been a better time to fight Habib because Habib is going through some tragic shit. Like his dad is sick. And thoughts and prayers to Habib yes. and his father. So, you know, when my dad died, it took me t- fucking two years to get mentally out of my own head. You know, Habib, what type of shape mentally is he going to be in with all this shit going on? So, mm-hmm. like, if there's ever a time to beat Habib, now's the time. And Justin could get the upset. He absolutely could. He has a talent. And he could very well be fighting a Habib who's going to be 50% mentally there when he does fight him. So never has been a better time to get a win over Habib. So... I still think that Justin can still beat uh, Khabib at 100%. I mean, there's just no – if if nobody really – I mean, because there's a lot of people that follow the UFC, right, and they only see what's happening within the UFC, and they don't really follow these fighters that are coming in from different organizations because they don't want to – they're, they're what, they, what, what my friend calls them as uh, – Zufa zombies, you know, UFC zombies. All yeah. they care is about what's going on. Is their first fight in the UFC? Who has they fought until present day? But if you go back and you watch what uh, Justin has done in the WSOF, then you can re- then you would see why I'm thinking and why I'm saying that he can beat Khabib, even if Khabib is coming in at 100. percent Yeah. Oh yeah, so, too. and Rob, yeah, that's a that's a great point too, Rob. Because I mean, you you said it best. I mean, a lot of people that seen Justin compete against Tony, where you know they show the stats, they show the highlights, they know uh, Tony's been a killer for how many years, and no nobody knew who Justin Gaethje was, you know. Because I mean, right now there's no sports going on, no live sports. You see a guy named Justin Gaethje come in from Safford, Arizona, come in and fight one of the best lightweights there's ever been, 
and put on a performance of a life uh, mm-hmm. in front of, you know, a lot of people, all eyes were on that main event. And uh, it kind of set the tone. And it's one of those fights where the hardcores, the people that watched that were the Fairweather fans, the, you know what I mean? They're, they're going to remember the name Justin Gaethje and definitely going to remember the guy, Tony Ferguson, that he beat. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, when, when we saw him there at LFA here in Albuquerque, um, I was right there when he was cornering his, uh, well, he wasn't really like there on the corner. <laughs> he was out sitting where he was sitting up uh, towards media. And uh, he's a really good coach too, man. He's a good corner. Um, he was, you know, yelling out stuff for the fighter to do. And, and I would look and the fighter was doing what uh, Justin was uh, saying. So um, very smart dude. Um, awesome guy to talk to. And uh, like I said, man, he's got the skills to bring it. He's, he's always evolving. Justin is always evolving. Like I said, man, if you see him from the WSOF, and, you know, if, you, if anybody goes back and Googles him and watch those uh, fights from WSOF and, and see how he's uh, evolved until Saturday night, then, yeah. I, my, also, my, too, my heart is there where he's going to be able to be Khabib. And see, also, too, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, I think Luke Thomas, I think I was listening to his recap of the, the event. Um, he made an interesting point, too, because uh, Tony, like I was mentioning earlier, Tony was preparing to fight Khabib, a grappling match, uh, you know, lots of diff- a different, a whole, a whole different animal with Justin Gaethje and the punishment that Justin dished out to, you know, to Tony and, you know, finally took him out in the fifth round. Like, I mean, give Khabib as good as he is on the ground, like what type of shit would uh, Khabib have had to pull off to get Tony out of there? You know what I mean? Just because the warrior that he is and the, the fucking punishment that he took. And I think that's a good way to look at it because, I mean, it, it was Tony Ferguson. He he was the, you know, the interim champion that was stripped. Uh, had he not took this fight against Justin Gaethje, they would have put somebody else in there. It would have mm-hmm. been Justin Gaethje against somebody else for the interim title. So credit to Tony Ferguson for taking the fight. Um, he, like we were saying, he's cut weight a couple of times in preparation. Um it's just, it's. It, I think I just thought that was an excellent point, man. Because I mean, if Khabib went in there, would he been able to dish out the punishment that Justin did and actually take Tony out of there, even if it was by submission? Because Gaethje, man, stopping Ferguson on his feet, nobody's seen that coming. Mm-mm. Nope, I didn't, and I wanted nope. Tony to win. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, man? Kudos to Tony too. Like you said, that that guy's got a chin, man. That guy has a chin on him. So, I mean, he took a beating like a champ, like champ that he is or was. Um, so now it's time to see Khabib versus Gaethje, man. That's that's the fight that uh, I want to see. That's the fight that a lot of people want to see. And when the crowd and the fans keep pushing it, Dana White makes it happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It will happen. Yeah, yeah. It will. It, it's going to happen. <laughs> that was a fun card, man. That was a freaking badass uh, event. First event coming back from, you know, being in quarantine and uh, the UFC delivered. Um, you know, I got to give them a shout out, too, because of the way they handled the, the testing and making sure the fighters were healthy, making sure staff was healthy, making sure that they weren't going to be, uh, you know, um, positive like a like you know uh one of the fighters that was uh, positive was sosa so um but yeah man um last night 
We have uh, about 20 minutes to talk about this fight. What you guys think about last night's uh, event, man? David, badass, right? I didn't watch. It. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch nope. it. What mm. the? <laughs> Boo. Boo. So, Just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Can somebody give me a recap? What happened? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't watch it. I was working. Shit. No, it's all good. It's all good. Just watch the highlights <laughs> at the at fightbookmma.com. I watch it. I watch it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there was. All right, give me the highlights. What happened? Though. Great performances early in the night. Uh, seen a, a hell of a battle with uh, Hunter Azur and uh, uh, Brian Callagher. Brian Callagher landing some big bombs and, and putting him away, calling out uh, Sean O'Malley, calling that he, uh, he's going to smoke him like a joint and uh, give him the tie-dye <laughs> shorts. And, yeah, you got to use that mic time now, you know what I mean? Because it's like, like you said, Rob, Dana White, if he's impressed, he's right there. There's no fan. It's Dana. It's like it's like the fighter house or contender series, you know. So Brian Callagher started the night off with a nice, good performance, and uh, it led into a pretty nasty, nasty injury on the side of uh, Gabriel Benitez, Mugly Benitez, Ooh. a guy that's been around for a little bit, fighting the guy who's uh, I don't know, I, I like the guy. I mean, Omar Morales. I mean, he took our boy Harvey Park out, finished yeah. him. That's the only time Harvey's been finished. Had Harvey got past Omar. It would have been Harvey Park fighting on this card uh, last night too, but nasty, nasty leg injury. And I, I was going to tell you, Rob, it's similar to a Tony uh, Kryptonite uh, leg injury. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. That was <laughs> what, like, what about Chase that, Sherman, dude? Chase Sherman oh, beat the shit out of Ike. Dude, Kimbrough. he beat the shit out of that guy. Yep, he sure did. Yeah, man, Gabriel. When uh, when when I saw the the camera pan to his uh, his leg, first thing that came to mind was Tony. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be splattering that blood all over the place. Like, Oh, that was nasty, that cut. Dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was. Looked like dude, a we talked China. about it, too, with uh, Joel. When Joel was on the, our show, yep. I mean, he's a veteran uh, official that's been in there in wars and bloodbaths. And even he said that was one of the worst cuts and happened to be on the leg. And it happened to Benitez. So it's not really – you don't see it that often. But, yeah, man, looking at those pictures afterwards and, like, seeing it in the fight, it was nasty, man. Like, I mean, yeah, that's just Omar Morales has made a steal, man. He's a fucking killer. His leg yeah. kicks were the difference in him finishing Harvey Park. So that guy's fucking an animal. And at 155, he's a beast, man. He watch out for that dude. Yeah, yeah. Omar's gonna come in. He's gonna he's gonna take that division out, man. He's just a badass. But that that Benny tells that his his leg injury, dude, when they pan in there and I was looking at it, I was like, man, that's freaking awesome. I love stuff like that because you know I'm I'm in the field and um, just yeah. seeing the shin bone right there, I was like, that's fucking badass. <laughs> it's gonna be a little bit for him to recover from that too, because that's oh, like yeah. can be like yeah. a Luke Rockhold type injury too. I think Luke had a similar injury because I mean, you go back in the you know the gym and hit pads or whatever, that thing will just split right back open, you know. Yeah, so. I think Rockhold ended up getting like a staph infection from his. Yeah, that those aren't yeah, because yeah, definitely that's that's part of their game too, and that's part of the game of MMA. And you know, you check a kick or you, you throw a kick, and that's easily gonna fucking split right back. And yeah, it, it was pretty nasty. I'm sure a lot of uh, MMA fans that uh, were watching this card have probably never seen anything like that. So yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome. So what happened with Smith and uh, Texera? Because I'm looking at the screen right now. So who won that fight? Uh, Sorry, we'll, 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 yes. we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that here in a little bit, man. 
Oh, so I'm so excited. Yeah, we're so going to yeah. work, work our way up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the next fight, Rob, you know what I'm, I'm was about, about to mention. So. Eubanks versus Morris. You were going to skip that one, David. Come on. Yo, yo, I, I, I had no idea this fight was going on. I had no fucking idea because I deleted Facebook so I can just keep Instagram. By the way, follow me on Instagram. But like, I'm looking at the screen right now. I'm like, holy shit, because we're on TV, guys, on Fight Fight TV. So like, I'm looking at the screen. I didn't know Smith was fighting Tixera. That's crazy. Well, why didn't we advertise this more? What the fuck? I missed this. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. What happened before we could do this show tonight? So if we had, if we did a show every single day and like, you know, like other people do, like we do our Thursday show, the only reason we didn't break this card down. So, yeah, we, 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 should, last time. we should really have a fight buddy, like a fight buddy where we're all watching the fights because I wouldn't have missed it then. So it's all your fault. <laughs> Just yeah. Hey, you never well, know. We might, we might, we might throw in a fight buddy around, you know. Because really, so freaking busy doing is who you got for the group that it's just gonna be, yeah, it, it'll be kind of hard to run a show and then do the who you got. So it's yeah, it, it'll be too much. <laughs> no, we'll just start doing the show every single night. Fuck it. Okay. So the Let's next fight was a boring <laughs> unanimous decision. Eubanks versus Moras. Moras got her ass beat. Whatever. Skip it. Next one: Michael Johnson versus Tiago Moises. That was a great fight. Michael Johnson, dude, he came out swinging and banging that first round, and he won that first round, and I thought he was going to win the fight, but he ended up nope. He ended up he choking out. like he always does, bro. <laughs> he choked, dude. Choked. He literally he fucking choked. choked. He choked, and he gassed out, like, easy. Right at the end of the first round, you could just see him. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible, bro. I really, I was really rooting for the dude. Not no more. I'm done with him. Yeah, I think David has been yeah. done with him for years. Yeah, no, I mean, he fucking had a hell of a first round, though. He was tagging Moises up, and, I mean, credit to him. He was, like, he weathered the storm. You know, he probably anticipated this being what it is. And if it did go to the mat, I think he uh, he was probably more confident that he could pull off something like this. And um, the opportunity was there. I think he said he heard uh, Michael's leg snap, like, initially, and the ref didn't stop it right away. It was like a double tap. So mm -hmm. you rarely even see that shit happen. But uh, Michael Johnson, I don't know what type of injury he suffered from that, but Diago Moises waited for that opportunity. Um, you know what I mean? It was a good game plan. I think both guys are, like, out of Florida, right? Like, uh, uh, Moises trains out American top team, so he's got a great camp. Uh, I think uh, uh, Michael Johnson's still out of uh, – what's the camp? The Rockhold camp, right? The name of that? Um, shit. Can't think I of forget the name offhand. Yeah, but they're both Florida guys, so they, they were yeah. prepared. They didn't really have to travel far, you know what I mean? But uh, Michael Johnson, that first round, uh, everybody thought he was going to just, you know, just take that fight out. But Moises had other plans, and what a nasty submission. That was nasty, nasty. So I don't know what the extent of the injury for Johnson, but never liked that guy. He had a hell of a first round, but Moises had his number. Fucking killer submission. Hell yeah, man. That, that submission was slick. It was a really, really good submission, man. And it was um, the only submission of the night, too. So. It was. It was the only submission yeah. of the night. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Michael Johnson to make that happen, right? Well, he's probably going to still fight for another five fights in the UFC, so I'm probably going to pick against him another five times. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, 
Andrelovsky versus Lenz. That was a pretty Ooh. good fight too. That was a damn good Arlovsky. fight. Yeah. He lives to fight another day. Andre Arlovsky, he just keeps coming, doesn't he? He does. My wife, you know, she pointed mm. something out. Is it me or did Orlovsky fix his nose? I don't know. His nose is pretty bad. I don't know because it's been nasty for years. Yeah, dude, years. I, think, I think he did fix it because uh, it didn't look all fucking smushed. Right? Because even my wife, she was like, hey, is it me or did Orlovsky fix his nose? And I looked and I was like, it actually looks pretty straight. <laughs> I think it was Fred Bader. Uh, I think... I think Bader fucked it up, didn't he? Or Sylvia. Somebody did. Somebody fucked up uh, his nose pretty bad. I forget what fight. I think it was Tim Sylvia that just cracked that nose into an S shape. It's been an S for a while. Yeah. yeah. And I think I credit the, the fight itself for Lasky growing that thick beard out, protected that fucking chin that he's been getting tagged up. He got and that cushion out. right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're saying something like that. Uh, I think it was John Anik or so crediting the the beard style. Uh, I mean, David Potter, you got the beard uh, gel sponsorship going, so you know beards play a factor <laughs> sometimes, and it may in fact have helped uh, old Andre Olavsky last night. You never know. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. It could, it could happen. That 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 cushion right yeah. there, the chin, it could help. Hey, it helped Roy Nelson for 12 years until he finally right. uh, fought JDS and got uppercutted to fucking hell, and then it changed after that. So, <laughs> uh, oh. Next up, uh, our boy Ray Borg, man. Sucks that he lost that fight, but, you know, Ricky Simone came in and, um, you know, did what he did to make this uh, win happen um, without the mullet. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it was a good scrap, man. Yeah, it could have gone either way. Good. I think it could have gone either yeah. way. It could, it, it just, you know, whatever. Yeah, they the scored judges a twenty nine, twenty eight. Yeah, Borg mm -hmm. got one of the scorecards, and then I think, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we we're in the chat in our in our group chat. I think uh, Jared and Ross were both saying like Simone is is super explosive. You know, what I mean, he's like the Mexican like Clay Guida of fucking the thirty five division. And uh, well, all of his fights are exciting, man. Like he's another Oyama guy too, just well trained, well prepared. Um, a fight against Ray Borg was a real good test because Borg's not a not a guy that just get easily taken out as well. He's a fucking warrior. So, and dude, uh, yeah, what I'm, about I'm, Ray Borg striking, man, on those body shots, those oh, liver bro, shots? Those are brutal, man. Yeah, fast. Those hands were fast, bro. He laid into him real good. He did. And it, and Ricky yeah, just still, like whatever. Brushed it off and just kept on going. But damn, man, when, when Ray Borg, man, he's got some fast hands and those body shots were on point. Yeah, I still to this day do not know how Uriah Favor knocked out Ricky Simone. I do not know how that happened. Lucky. Like. <laughs> old man strength. Yep, old man strength, man. <laughs> Yeah, so as far as the 35 division, I mean, Simone, low-key, had he not lost to uh, Uriah, he'd probably have, like, a five-fight winning streak or so. Like, the dude's been on a fucking tear. So he's another guy to keep an eye out on. But, uh, yeah, Ray Borg gave him a test. He, you know, they went to a decision. He got one of the cards in his favor. But, um, yeah, I picked Ray Borg. Always got to go with our New Mexico Cats, all of our fight book MMA uh, known associates. So mm -hmm. came up a little bit short. But uh, Ricky Simone's a tough fucking bastard, man. Badass yeah. fight. I mean, anybody that's fighting him, they better be ready to go 
all three, all five, whatever he set up for. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, next up, we had uh, another banging fight, man. Drew Dober versus Alexander Hernandez. Dober yeah, looked Drew fucking Dober. phenomenal, dude. And who did he credit for the win in his post-fight Justin conference? Gaethje. That's right. Yep, they've been they've been grinding. They've been doing their thing, and uh, you could yeah, tell, Dober, man. Dober, Dober. He fought a lot like Gaethje, bro. Just heavy-handed, right? Heavy-handed. Yeah. Right? Yeah, man. I mean, it was just like a mirror image of, of Justin Gaethje. Um, fucking Those Dober, left. man. Jesus yeah. Christ. Alexander Hernandez showed some toughness too, man, because at 55, I mean, he's already fought. I mean, he called out Cowboy and fucked around and got worked by Donald. But at 55 against Dober, Dober's been – I mean, he's got like 32 fights, man, and he's a young cat. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. Alex Hernandez has got like 15 fights. You know, so Dober's sort of the, you know, he's a veteran, man. So uh, Alex Hernandez getting a win here would have been probably the biggest win of his career because Drew Dober's been in the game, and he's tough, man. At 55, uh, trained with Justin Gaethje, the interim lightweight champion. So he's no joke, man. And I think uh, Drew Dober's got some high-profile fights at 55, man. There's, there's a slate of dudes that'll be ready to fight him, and um, I think he takes on all challenges too, for sure. Yep. Yeah, man, Dober was... On point. What do you think, uh, Rudy? For that fight, the Dober versus yeah. Hernandez, and like I said, you could tell that Dober was training with Gaethje. I mean, just watching the way he was laying into Hernandez, and credit to Hernandez, bro. This dude, he took a beating, man. I mean, he was giving him two. He got some good shots off, but bro, those those hits that he was getting from Dober fucked him up. It, it did, man. It, it, he was getting hurt right off the, the start of the second round. Yeah. I mean, Dober was just landing those shots, hurting him really bad. I mean, uh, Hernandez just, uh, like, you can see him, like, little by little, just, like, crouching and be like, fuck, I'm, I'm going to die here. I'm not even a fan of Hernandez, bro. He, he lost me when he fought Cowboy. He started being <laughs> a, a, a little disrespectful shit, and then he got his ass handed to him. Then I was like, eh, maybe that'll teach him. And it didn't, but whatever. Nope. <laughs> Dober whooped his ass. Yeah, see, that's a see, that's the thing too. Too with Alex Hernandez, that's his only loss is to Cowboy, a legend. He's got good wins over uh, Benil Dariush, uh, Olivia Obian, Mercier. I think he beat like Francisco Trinaldo. Those are fucking killers yeah. right there too. Hell yeah, he's got wins over all those guys. He's a killer, he's coming bro. Coming in there to fight with, yeah. So he, he's a tough man. So coming in there and Dober putting him out on his feet. That's just proves that Drew Dober uh, is not fucking around at 55, and he's low key a killer. Not a fight you want. Uh, 55 divisions changing up. There's a uh, you know legends going out and low key badasses that are that are inserted, and that's just how the game goes. And you go back a couple of fights. Drew Dober wasn't fighting like that, dude. He wasn't fighting. Oh like no, that. he was. He was like looking at his way. He was. I thought he was on his way out. To be honest with you, and the past yeah. couple of fights, he's just bro. He's improved leaps and bounds. This last fight. Holy shit. I thought it was fucking yeah. Justin Gaethje. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope this win, um, you know, gets him ranked higher on the rankings just to get closer to, uh, you know, fighting the top 15. And uh, I mean, then they, they, they say that in the in the interview that, you know, he's he's going to be uh, on on the top 15 already with this fight, with this win. Or, or was I mistaken? Yeah, I think, yeah, he should be. He should 15. 
Yeah, right? definitely should, should be. be already marked onto the top 15. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's time, man. It's time for him to start climbing and winning and getting into the title contention. It was his 34th fight, and he, I think he's a, he's a young cat. He's only like 31 years old, too, so he definitely needs some big-time matchups. Yep, 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 yep. Good, good fucking fight right there, man. Uh, ben Rothwell versus OSP. Whatever. Fucking y'all. <laughs> did, <laughs> did OSP, fi- did, did OSP finally win? Potter, he no. lost. <laughs> he almost won. Man. In the end, yeah. he fucking knocked Rothwell down, and I don't, that kind of he got one of the scorecards, I think, in his favor, though. Ever, ever since he lost to John Jones, like that guy has been on a decline, decline, decline. And I, I always, uh, OSP has always been an entertaining fighter to watch. And like, I, I've always liked him and enjoyed him. I, I just can't believe uh, his career was, uh, is on such a downslide, you know? Yeah, yeah moving it was, to heavyweight, it was too. Just like, whatever fight to me. I mean, it wasn't like the best OSP that we've seen or the best band that we've seen. Yeah, and th- that's the first time he, he's fought at heavyweight, too. He looked good at it. But uh, yeah. I think Ben just looked – he was way bigger than him, bro. Freaking monster huge, man. <laughs> and what yeah. did Ben earn in a win? He earned a fight against fucking Greg Hardy. We heard it here on the show. Yep. Greg Hardy and Ben Rothwell is happening next. That's next. That's going to be next, man, for sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Here right now, Ben OMG. Rothwell Greg Hardy. Got to fuck. It's got to happen. I mean, yeah, because they, they the post fight interview with Rogan or no, was it DC? But they mentioned they're like, you just beat a guy that moved up to heavyweight for his first time. I mean, you're a heavyweight, you know, a win's a win, but somebody that's coming up to your weight class, it's a different thing, you know what I mean? But um, mm-hmm. in the end, fucking OSP had him knocked down, man. OSP had like some late moments, and that's the OSP style, man. He'll fucking KO you when you least expect it, and he nearly had Roswell out of there. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, you know, I almost it, a, it is what it is type of fight. Um, we got a little bit of time, guys. Let's let's talk about Anthony Smith's fight, man. Um, fuck, dude! Holy shit! The Red Skull. You mean his beatdown? Fuck! You know the fucking coroner should have stopped this fight. You know, yeah, the if, end of the third if, round, if, dude. If your fighter is telling you, I think my teeth are falling out. I think it's time to fucking stop. Exactly. Yep. Exactly, Rudy. If if your fighter is saying my teeth are falling out, that they should have just said, okay, that's it. We're done. I mean, you We're know, done. it's one thing for the, the the ref. I was standing there like, what the fuck? Why is this? They need to stop this, you know? <laughs> and then another round went, and I'm like, dude, they need to stop this shit. And then at the end of that round, he's like, oh, my, I think my teeth are falling out. You're thinking, oh, well, great. There's a chance. His corner's going to stop it now. No. Get him back off the chair. Throw him back in there. Fuck them up, bro. Fuck them up. Mm. Wait, Anthony Smith almost lost his teeth? What oh, happened? He lost two of his teeth, bro. He's lost two of his he, teeth. He got, what? Bro, he got the shit beat out of him. It looked like Glover. He owed Glover fucking money, bro. I mean, he beat wow. the yeah, shit out of this kid. He beat the shit Holy out shit. of him. I mean, it, it was even worse too. No, it was. It went to a, a first. I mean, uh, Glover was apologizing to him while having his yep. back, telling him this. This is part of the game. I'm sorry. Yep. While just fucking bashing him over the head. That's how bad it got, dude. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and then Crazy. there being no crowd, you could hear those shots, bro. 
Like, oh, when he's God. On, when he had him on mountain and he just fucking leaned into him with the side of his fist. Hammer fist, hammer fist, hammer fist right to the side of the head. Punch to the face, side of the head, punch to the face. I'm like, bro, stop this. He's not doing anything. Yeah, he's he's defending. I, I guess if you call putting your hand in the way defending, it's fucked up, bro. That dude got... <laughs> I definitely got... I definitely gotta watch a replay. You gotta watch definitely. that fight, bro. Dude, That's you have to watch yeah. the full. The, not, don't watch, watch. Yeah, you gotta watch. It, it is. It's very hard to watch, especially uh, right at the end of the third round. That's when you're gonna be like, "Fuck!" Yeah, that's when you're gonna say, "Bro, they should stop it." Mm-hmm. I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. I, man, if, um... I, I don't see uh, Smith ever being the same again after that. I really don't. Nope. Yeah, it's one of those beatings. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Just imagine if Mario Yamasaki was in there, all his fucking teeth would have had to been on the can or on the, like, we'd be picking them all <laughs> yeah, up and bro. putting in his pocket, you know? I guess Herzog smelled like beer and cigarettes, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, that was just, like, uh, like Rudy said, Arlo, Arlo would have said the same thing. It's one of those beatings that just it takes something out of you, and you're not going to be the same. As tough as Anthony Smith is, he's a tough bastard. Um, but that beating, man, like if somebody has to apologize to you and tell you it's part of the game and your corner can't stop it or you're just unwilling to quit, that's that's not a good uh, situation. You know what I mean? As he's, a fighter, he's gonna go down those, the, those fights. He's going to go down the same road as OSP, I think. Yeah. You know what, too? We probably wouldn't have heard that conversation if we had a crowd. Yep. See, you know what the most uh, ironic twist to the, the Glover's win is? The guy would probably be on like a seven-fight winning streak if he didn't lose a decision to Corey Anderson. And he's an OG. You know what I mean? He's 40 years old now. He would have been on like a six-fight winning streak at light heavyweight, low-key. how badass fight. is Glover, man? I mean, every fight that I've ever seen this guy in, <laughs> it's been like – Dude, it's a badass fight. Just swinging, man. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody fight him that made it look easy. Nobody, bro. Nobody. Yeah, because I think even like Gustafson, the, the only guy to really take him out that really sparked him out of there quick was uh, Anthony Johnson. That was probably like four or five years ago. Yep. But uh, when he fought Gustafson, they went to the fifth round. That, that was, was a awesome war. Fight. Gustafson. But since then, he, he's only lost one decision to uh, Corey Anderson, and yep. he's been on a tear. And, I mean, the OG got it done, man. He made Anthony Smith. I mean, he fucking like, – that's the big the, – the worst beating, I guarantee you, Smith's taken in his whole career, for sure. Oh, easy, man. Easy. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Poor dude. I mean, I hope he recovers and, and just uh, takes a break. Um, but, yeah, man. And it God. Does, it, and it doesn't help that John Jones is talking shit to him like three seconds after on Twitter man, about like his home that, invasion thing. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's the problem with John Jones. And that's why we see the type of fights that he is delivering right now. He is a keyboard warrior. That's yeah, all but he backs it up. right now. He is a fucking he backs keyboard it up. warrior. He backs it up. And nobody's the same after no, playing John Jones. No, he does backs it up. He does, but it's... <sighs> Okay, that that's for another topic because we're running low on time right now. <laughs> um, let's do a quick uh, uh, rundown, quick predictions on for Saturday. Um, we'll uh, just do like the first, uh, I guess the the main card. Um, Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris. Who do you got, David Potter? Um, 
I want Walt to win. I really do, especially after the tragedy of his daughter. Yep. You know, I, I really want him to come back and get a win. He, he deserves it. You know, I think from a morale standpoint, he needs it um, just to get his career back on track. Because, again, going back to Habib, it's very hard to mentally recover after the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I want Walt to win. Morally, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Walt. Yep. D-Rep. Wow, it's Alistair Overeem's 63rd fight. I mean, believe it or not, this yeah, because I mean, it's nine. He's of a 10, fucking I vampire. Think. Yeah, <laughs> he's the most knocked out guy like in the UFC or something like that. I forgot what the stats are, but <laughs> Wal Harris. I know this fight was like uh, originally one of the bouts for the Khabib Ferguson, uh, if I don't recall, because they, they, I don't think it was supposed to be a main event. But here we are. It's it's nine and ten according to Tapology as far as ranking. But uh, yeah, Walt Harris, man, he's had some some tragedy, you know, happen in his life. And uh, it's been tough for him. I mean, that's got to be fucking, that's a nightmare right there. Coming in against Alistair Overeem, um, it's probably one of the biggest fights of his career. And um, Overeem, man, he gets hit once on that lip, just like Rosenstruck split his face up. Walt Harris might just have to take his face off, too. And I like Walt Harris in in a knockout, too. I think he finishes the ring. Yeah, man. I'm going with Walt Harris' uh, knockout. Uh, Next up, we have Claudia versus Angela Hill. I got Claudia winning. Um, what about you, uh, D-Rod? Angela Hill, the cowboy Cerrone of the women's strawweight division. <laughs> every, every time I turn around, she's fighting, and she's right? falling her way to the top, and this is probably her, her biggest fight as well. Claudia Gadelia is really top-notch, and I think Angela Hill gives her a war and uh, earns a decision win and gets it done. Rudy? Yeah, I, I agree with the David, man. Uh, I think Angela's gotten what it takes i think she's to me she's like the uh the female version of um of uh what the hell is his name of neil magny bro yeah. and, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly think she's she's got what it takes to to put claudia away with a decision win she's, she's got the skills to do it man um so yeah i got i got hill and harris for the knockout and harris for knock awesome yeah potter uh angela hill is on my podcast and she's awesome and she's hilarious and she dressed like street fighter 2 characters at weigh-ins so obviously yeah, i'm biased yeah. so i'm gonna go with <laughs> i'm gonna go with angela hill i'm biased okay. so awesome <laughs> uh next we have uh dan versus edson barbosa fight of the night right there fight of the night right there for sure man i'm gonna go with uh barbosa on this one yeah, Eddie Barboza is tough to take out, but uh, Dan Ige is, is fucking killer too, man. You yeah, know I mean, because the match, the matchmaking is good here. I love it. Yep. Um, Barboza is not an easy guy to take out unless nope. you're a Justin Gaethje or a Tony Ferguson, but he's gonna take you to war. Uh, I got to go Barboza in like a real tough split decision where, you know, what I mean, it's one of those fights. There's no crowd. The judging's gonna be critical. Barboza fights him and, and fights him well. I mean, Dan Ige, this is the biggest challenge of his career. Barboza by split decision. Potter? Yeah, I'm going to go with Barboza by, uh, by decision. That's Rudy? my pick. I got Barboza. Head kick, KO, right. second round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then in the middleweight, uh, we have uh, Eric Anders versus Christoph Jotko. Who do we got there, uh, D-Rod? Yeah, that's a good fight too. That's great matchmaking there. Uh, Eric Anders has always just always been a tough guy to get out of there, man. Jotko, uh, every time I pick against him, he fucking wins. So I'm probably <laughs> gonna have to go with. Uh, I gotta go with Jotko. 
uh, by decision, it's going to be okay. a war. Th- th- those guys will throw down. Yeah. yeah, I'm going with Andrews, man. I got to go with Andrews. Potter, I'll go with Jocko second round. Hey, he's just you know he's so unassuming, and you know he's going to get this one. second round. Rudy, Eric Anders first round KO. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> and then. I believe to open up the uh, main event, we have uh, Sonyeon Dong versus Marlon Vera. You said Dong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what I was going to say. This this fight here, if it's not the Kevin Holland-Anthony Hernandez fight, one of these two fights is going to be the fight of the night or performance of the night coming out of these. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to go with Marlon Vera, man, on this one. Cheeto. Uh, yeah. You, uh, Potter? I'm going to go with Don. Because you said dong. Okay. <laughs> Rudy? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the dong song. All right. And I got Marlon, Ver- Marlon Vera, Nasty KO, second round. Right on. <laughs> cool. So that's our quick fire uh, predictions there for the main card. Um, uh, we are running low on time for the to talk about the uh, prelims. So um don't forget no don't forget darren alkins the damage is back on the early prelims you can never miss miss that guy's fights he's the ultimate warrior of fucking ufc in the 45 division you know what i mean yep yeah it's some good fights man got some good fights coming up this saturday so um it's all going to be aired on espn so um and uh i think simulcast on espn plus so if you don't have ESPN, you can watch it on ESPN Plus. Um, thanks, guys, uh, for uh, making the show. Um, this was our one-year anniversary show. Uh, sucks that Arlo couldn't be here, but we'll catch him on next Thursday night. Um, dude, one year, man. That was quick. Yeah, it went by David. super That's what she fast, said. bro. Super fast. This has been That's what she said. Crazy. Yeah, really, I mean... I still remember when uh, Arlo called me up and he's like, hey, let's do a show in two weeks. And I was like, all right, let me call Rudy. Like, you didn't even flinch, Rudy. You're like, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and then the next week, my daughter was born. My daughter will be yeah. born here next year, next Saturday, guys. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. One so, year show, uh, one year baby. Yeah, baby. One year show, one year baby. <laughs> uh, Happy anniversary, boo. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a, and we've accomplished a lot in one year. Wow. Yeah, so we are on, on daily motion. We're on like 40 platforms right now um, within a year. So um, shout out again, man, to Fight TV, always hooking us up, um, always shouting us out on Twitter and on uh, Facebook and emails and all the other social medias that they have. Um, next week, we will have a guest. CEO of Cage Steel uh, Promotions. Uh, he will be on the show. He's going to be talking to us about his promotion, about the fights, um, his thoughts on uh, Fightbook MMA being uh, um, affiliate slash partners with them. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun night uh, to be able to talk to him and uh, what, what's going on with his promotion. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, thanks to everybody that watched and uh, or you know listening uh, here in a couple days when once I upload it onto our uh, audio platforms and uh, Rudy for always making it happen and you guys for joining the show um, tonight to end the show.
David, D-Rod, close out the show, brother. Well, minus one of the horsemen. Y'all know how we do it. Each Thursday, we here. One year, we here. We're going to make it happen. The UFC's back. Ain't no other sport back. MMA's here, and that's why we here. And we're going to steadily make it happen. You want the best seat in the house? You know where to find us. Fight TV, 40 other different platforms, audio, video, whatever you want. We're going to be there. Shout out to Rudy the Prophet for holding it down. Deepak, El Jefe, till the next one. Sitting Ringside Podcast. We do it.